Talk Money is a production of Lola Media. Say hi, Lola. <coughs> For updates, further breakdowns, and past episodes of this podcast, sign up at thetalkmoney.com. If you enjoy our podcast, help us get the word out. Write a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to help us reach more ears. And now you can sign up for our newsletter, where we curate the best money topics of the week from across the internet. It's quick, informative, and most importantly, fun. Sign up at thetalkmoney.com slash newsletter. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Talk Money Weekly. I'm Mesh Lakani, and here we talk about current business events paired with our Wednesday newsletter. Today's episode, Bitcoin and Crypto versus China. So again, we're covering this topic. Why? Because, I mean, we can make a lot of connections to what's happening in the Bitcoin markets, to inflation, to the dollar, to China. But at the end of the day, what's happening right now is that Anytime you see a spike in Bitcoin, we see a sell-off in Bitcoin. It's trading within this range of like 30,000 to 40,000. And like, what do these ranges actually mean? Well, they're just seen as like short-term technicals. And that's what a lot of traders use. They use technical analysis. They're using charts. They're using points. So if Bitcoin bounces off here and like passes 40,000, then we have this upward momentum and that can break X. If it goes below 30, then it could go down to 25. And that stuff actually happens. But like at the end of the day, are you really short-term trading this stuff? Because if you are, I don't know, man. I think that you should try to find something else to do. Uh, I think that worrying too much about the short run, one, it's super fucking stressful. Uh, I've done day trading. I've done short-term trading. I've done momentum trading. That was early on when I started in 2008. I remember I thought it was like the, I was the man. Oh, I totally called that. Uh, I bounced off the X and had a head and shoulders pattern and setting up for this fucking candlestick. And yeah, I nailed it. And then the next time I didn't nail it, I lost all my money. And I'm not trying to hate on traders. Like there's definitely people that are professional that do this for a living and, you know, they're great at it. But I'm not trying to do that. I believe in like long-term fundamentals, long-term investing. It's way easier in the sense of it's not going to cause you anxiety on a daily basis and checking and refreshing your computer constantly and worried about the money that you just invested. You got to invest what you can and part from it for a certain period of time. And I think Bitcoin and crypto is exactly that, right? So Bitcoin's down about 20% in the last week. It's approaching that low again at around 30,000. And if it breaks that, we could see it go down lower. It could totally bounce off this and go back up to 40. And it's because of a couple different things. You know, China is now banning the majority of mining Bitcoin. And what that means is that a lot of people are going to stop mining Bitcoin because it's illegal. And so what's going to happen? You think that people are going to sit around and be like, okay, I can't mine in China. Let me pack up shop and call it quits and, you know, get a job at McDonald's? No, man. They're going to take it somewhere else. Other people are going to take those mining rigs and set up shop elsewhere. And other places that are going to be like, hey, you come mine Bitcoin here. Hey, we actually can be more energy efficient and environmentally uh, conscious here. So other people are going to benefit from that. And so how long does it take for that to get set up and where is it going? Is it going to the US? Is it going to Singapore? Is it other areas in Southeast Asia? I don't know, but they're going to find another spot. Another thing is that, you know, last week the Fed came out and this is the funny thing about the Fed. The Fed basically has us all waiting on our hands and knees 
and tells us what they're going to do. They tell us what they want to do with interest rates, depending on their outlook on the economy and unemployment. They came out and said, look, things are looking pretty decent. Things are looking up and up and unemployment is on its way down. We're going to continue to monitor this. We know that you're all worried about inflation. And so we're taking that into account. We have plans in the next two years to raise interest rates. In the meantime, things are looking good. And we're taking into account this asset purchasing, i.e. the government printing money and hence why asset prices go up because it's artificially inflated. You print money, you buy assets, assets go up, you keep everything going. The dollar goes down because you have more supply of a dollar. Now that they see that things are looking better, they're going to rein in on that. Hopefully, interest rates go up. They try to control inflation. They understand that people are worried about inflation. We also know that the uptick in prices on food costs and lumber and travel, a lot of that is all really related to the pandemic. We've talked about this on prior episodes before. When the pandemic happened, people halted supply. They halted production. And therefore, when demand comes back, they wait for supply. And then to get production going back to full, it just takes some time because nobody knows what's happening. There's only so many countries that are fully open. We don't know if there's going to be another lockdown again. And people are just being conscious about it. So like everything is basically backed up. Even air travel. like People can now travel to Europe. People can now travel to the U.S. But flights are being canceled. Like, I just went on an international flight to Pakistan. In Pakistan, they're canceling flights because they're just trying to control the amount of people that are coming in because they're a little bit worried about COVID. On the other side of things, it's getting back into hiring. You just let go of all these people, so now you got to rehire them. I've heard in service industry, there's a lot of jobs that are needed, but they can't hire the people. People are still collecting unemployment checks, the same people that you need on airlines to fill in that demand. And then we go back to materials, lumber, all these things. Things need to come back to some balance. Like home prices went insane because everyone's trying to get a new home and you know buy outside the city and things are going nuts. You know, There's not enough lumber, there's not enough workers, there's not enough anything. So prices did get inflated. So how much is that inflation? How much is that just from the pandemic? We need to come back to some type of balance. All that being said, that has a lot to do with the dollar and like the outlook on the dollar and the strength of the dollar. And that generally had a counter to Bitcoin. One could say that, okay, if Bitcoin sees an inflation hedge and maybe inflation is not going to be that bad short term, Bitcoin goes down a bit. And so you have all these things that affect the price of Bitcoin and other crypto in the short run. You just have pressure. You have asset selling. And a lot of times asset selling like that is short-term asset selling and short-term holders. So it's not necessarily people who are long. It's people that are just kind of flipping and trading in and out. People that see this as a long-term value are buying or they're holding. And they're seeing this as an opportunity because at the end of the day, the fundamentals remain the same. Bitcoin's like digital gold. And so long term in the next four to five years, one could say that like Bitcoin is like a blue chip stock. It becomes your Walmart or your Procter & Gamble. It's the one that stays there. And it's the other ones become like growth. They actually start creating like interesting opportunities and technology and really disrupt industries from file storage to lending to banking, you name it. So when you think about tech, you think about competitors, is Google Hangouts better than Zoom, better than whatever the fuck, right? And a lot of it comes down to, well, the products might be not as great, but they have network effects, meaning that everybody uses them. And it's very, very hard to penetrate that. So like anybody who wants to start a new search engine, you might have the best search engine in the world, and it works better than Google, 
but it doesn't have the network that Google has, and therefore it's very impossible to compete with. At the end of the day, Bitcoin does have somewhat of a network effect. It's very much adopted as a whole, not only in the crypto community, but now outside of that, between individuals, institutions, governments, you name it, to recreate something that can compete with Bitcoin would be very hard. But now the other things, now that's a different story. So long-term outlook on crypto is that we just don't know. And that's why you don't take one big bet on one thing. You have to diversify. Similar to your stock portfolio. Your portfolio manager is going to be like, hey, you should be in Coke. You should be in Procter & Gamble. You should be in McDonald's. You should be in Walmart. But now we'll also own more speculative stuff in the sense of the Shopify's of the world, the Spotify's of the world, the Peloton's of the world. Things that might have a lot of upside, but hasn't been proven that they can totally massively own the market because you have your Amazons of the world, you have your Facebooks of the world, and you create a diversified portfolio. And some things might be more volatile, they might be more risky, they'll create more upside for you, but you you only have a smaller percentage of it so you don't fucking blow up your portfolio. That's what diversification does. You know, real cowboys take bigger positions and they go, hey, I'm actually going to own three to five things. I'm going all in on it. Hey, those people are professionals or they have extreme conviction and they're able to take that risk. And that's how you do make a lot of money. That's also how you lose a lot of money. So that's all I got to say on that. Things change and portfolio allocation in crypto will change. I.e., you might risk a little less today. You might put more in later because things are proven out and then you might lessen your amount in Bitcoin and put it in more speculative projects, which again, think about them as companies. They have not been proven yet, but they have a lot of potential. And that changes. It's an ongoing thing that changes and you got to pay attention to the market. So just keep watching. Watch what happens post-China. It's so funny. I just Googled something and it's like, Jim Cramer says position says that Bitcoin's got a bunch of, what does Jim Cramer know about cryptocurrencies? I just heard him on a podcast a few months ago being schooled by a professional on what Bitcoin was. Like, why are you listening to this guy, people? He's got a massive audience and he's telling people to sell Bitcoin. I'm not saying you shouldn't sell your Bitcoin, but let someone who knows what they're talking about tell you to sell their Bitcoin. And the chances of them telling you to do that is probably slim because you know, you don't sell your shit at the bottom. Like, if you've gotten this far, just hold on. I hope you didn't bet your house on it, but hold on, because this thing's not over. And uh, Jim Cramer is Jim Cramer. There's a reason why they call it mad money, because it's fucking madness. So, rant is over. That's all for this week. Tune in next week. Make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter, thetalkmoney.com slash newsletter. Subscribe now. Get this type of information and more on a weekly basis. Until next time.